From the Tech Sideline High Tech Studios, it's Thursday, December 14th, 2023, and this is TSL Today. We hope you enjoy the new audio format of TSL Today as we shift toward a quick and easy news update on everything Hokie sports for your commute home. I'm your host, Carter Hill, and today we'll sit down with lead analyst and columnist Chris Coleman to talk all things Virginia Tech football, including the return of the receiving core, Bayshaw Tootin's decision, the first transfer portal commitment, and the reason for optimism in 2024. That's all coming up next on TSL Today. This episode of TSL Today is brought to you by the Hokie Way. The Hokie Way supports student-athletes in leveraging their name, image, and likeness to amplify the mission of charitable organizations as a way to give back to the community. Your contributions to the Hokie Way support Hokies NIL are tax deductibles. Visit thehokieway.org to learn more. All right, now let's welcome in our lead analyst and columnist, Chris Coleman, to TSL Today for the first time in a couple months. So, Chris, before we really dive into things, thanks for coming on. And we're getting close to Christmas time. The Olaf little inflatable is out in front of uh, the office right now. So I guess are you in the Christmas spirit ready to go? Every time they put that thing up every year, you know it's Christmas. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're getting close to that time of year. But uh, you look at things overall for Virginia Tech football, and Hokie fans got quite the early Christmas gift the other day in terms of Ollie Jennings, Jalen Lane, Daquan Felton, and Stephen Gosnell are all returning in 2024. How crucial is this for the Hokies I think that's, that's big. You know, Virginia Tech's wide receiver core was good this year, and that was without Ollie Jennings, who was considered to be the number one guy going into the year. So I, I, th- I think it's, it's great. I, I think J- uh, Jalen Lane's pretty refined as a player. Uh, I think Ollie Jennings is refined as a player. Daquan Felton is still very much an unpolished rock to a certain extent. You know, I, th- I think he can be a really, really good player. He's already a very, really good player, but he can get even better. But that group's going to be deep next year. I think they're going to have seven players who could play. Yep. But, like, but there's not enough reps to go around for all those guys. So you're, now you're worried about one of the other younger guys leaving for more playing time, of course, yes. which happens when all the seniors uh, decide they're going to come back. But that's a good problem to have. I, I think it just... There's a lot of playmakers in this offense this year, and they'll and this year the Hokies, the coaching staff, they're going to know what they have at the start of the season, yes. and I think that's going to make a big difference. I was actually talking to Nick Brown, who's behind the scenes today last night about next season in 2024, and it kind of feels like to me a little bit like the opposite of after 2016, mm-hmm. where everybody left. There was <laughs> so much uproar about that taking place, and there was so much optimism about 2017 but then Isaiah Ford leaves, Gerard Evans leaves, Bucky Hodges leaves, but all these guys are coming back, and all of a sudden it feels like the temperature of the fan base is skyrocketed right now. I think so, and I think if they have a good portal window, that will increase it even more. I, I think this team, they went 6-6, six and six, which doesn't sound great on paper, mm-hmm. but if you go back and look, I mean, they, they could have and should have beaten Marshall. They could have and should have beaten Purdue. Uh, I think this is arguably more like an 8-4 and four team than a 6-6 six and six team. So I don't, I don't think it's it's impossible at all that the they could, they could set their goals next year to win nine or ten games, and I think that would be fair because I think they could have won eight this year. So uh, I think it's fair to be excited about next year. Now you know certain things need to line up. Tootin, sure. Tootin needs to come back. You've got to get your portal targets at defensive tackle, and and at line and you need a Mike linebacker, of course. But if all those things happen, then yeah, I could see the hype meter being pretty high. Uh, for next season, especially if Tech wins the bowl game. The, 
it, it doesn't mean a lot really, but I, I but I do think it gets the fan base in a little bit better mood and helps with that with that the offseason hype effect, so to speak. Speaking of Bayshaw Tootin, what's your read on him right now? Is he coming back next year or not? I, I think he'll come back. There's a lot of things that 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 he's got to review. Like not that many running backs get drafted these days, especially high. You know, I thought Kula Herbert was an awesome college running back, and he only got picked in the sixth round. So if you're tooting, you're pr- probably sitting there looking at seventh round or even undrafted free agency. So what happens here if you're an undrafted free agent and you don't make a roster? You take your 10 or 20 ground signing bonus, and that's it. Football's sure. done with you. And he has probably, you know, at that point, I don't think he would have a degree, or maybe he graduates this year. I'm not sure. I would assume so. I think he started in school in 2019 or 20, so I want to say. 2020 recruiting class. 2020, okay. Yeah, yeah. so, so uh, hopefully he would get his degree. But uh, still, I think these days in the NIL era, I think it's a it would be it's more of a financial risk for him to declare for the draft than it is to stay in college, in my opinion, in the days of, of the NIL era. Now he's also got to think about uh, if I get hurt, then I'll never have a chance at the NFL. But uh, you know, I, I think I think Tech's NIL is in a good place right now, and I, I think it would, in my opinion, be in his best interest to come back. But I've not talk to NFL people about him, so I don't know. Does it concern you at all that the Hokies have offered Jacquez Moore, who, by the way, is going back to Duke, Duke. and Ramon Brown? Does that concern you in the slightest? Uh, You know, they're also taking a look at the uh, Carolina running back in the transfer portal uh, as well, who's also from from Virginia. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not really. I I think Brent Pry is one of those guys who who wants to get as stacked a roster as possible. Yes. And and I think they want to create competition at all positions. Uh, So I I don't think they're going to – I don't think they're going to take – I don't think they're looking necessarily to take a running back. It's If there's a fit and there's a connection, Um, they're not – offering running backs left and right like they were offensive linemen and defensive tackles and things like that. Uh, but, you know, they've offered a couple of guys who they had a previous connection with, or, or they're at least talking to a couple of guys who had a previous connection with. Now, they could be just contingency plans. What if Tootin does declare, right? If he decide, if he had tells the coaches, yeah, I'm coming back, maybe they'll stand pat. I don't know. But I wouldn't mind adding competition to that room for the number two running back position. But whether you, you know, whether it's uh, Malachi Thomas again, whether it's a new running back, whether it's Jeremiah Coney. Malachi, Malachi Thomas is a good back, but the types of plays that this offensive line is good at blocking isn't necessarily a great fit for him. He had a really good true freshman season a couple of years ago, but all his big runs were right up the middle where he could really – he's a vision back. He's not a tackle-breaking outside runner like Tootin. The problem is this offensive line isn't good at blocking for those up-the-middle vision plays. So he was limited this year with what he could do. That could change next year with if the offensive line gets better. But if it doesn't, you know, maybe you're looking for a guy who's able to complement Tootin a little bit better on the types of plays that Tech is capable of blocking for. So I think there's a lot of things in the minds of the coaching staff. Uh, I don't I don't think they're dead set on taking a, a running back, but it's something they're considering just depending on how it works out. To your point about the offensive line, Montavious Cunningham committed today to Virginia Tech. He is a transfer from Georgia State. What do you know about him? He played tackle, and he's 6'3", so he's probably more of a guard. I think he's being brought in I think with the idea that he will probably start or at least 
heavily compete for a starting job at right guard while also having the ability to provide cover at left guard and also right tackle if need be. Uh, he's a guy who graded out well last year uh, for Georgia State, despite, yes, it was a slightly lower level of football, but he was also playing out of position. Like he was being asked at time to block times to block some speed rushers that he's not going to have to block at offensive guard, which I, I think he'd be, he's a better fit on the interior. So I think from a quality standpoint and a depth standpoint, he helps Tech. What's next for the Hokies in the portal? Do you think? I, I you know I think they still would add another offensive lineman depending on who it was and what position he played. Uh, defensive tackle for sure. I think they're going to take three. I'd like to get a couple guys with multiple years left. Aeneas Peoples out of Duke is my favorite player in the portal that Tech is recruiting. I think he's a great fit for the system. Uh, he's got connections to Tech, though, because Derek Jones, right before Derek Jones left Duke, he actually found Aeneas Peoples. Oh, okay. And, okay. and told the Duke coaching staff about him, and then they eventually recruited him and signed him. So there, there's a connection there. And and it's and Tech is closer to Raleigh, his hometown, than, than any other school that's recruiting him. Uh, first team All ACC this past year. Yeah. He's a really good player, and uh, I think that that would be a position of need for sure. And then there, there's some other other defensive tackles Tech is pursuing as well that, that they feel good about, and also looking for a Mike. That was a big problem yes. this past year. Also, a really good Duke defense this past year too. Great, really Duke good. Defense. Duke yeah, defense. if they've got any linebackers that want to enter the portal, I exactly. would take one of those. Or as maybe, well. or maybe uh, the Monarchs of Old Dominion by chance. If I they wish. Have. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, they do, but apparently he ripped up his knee pretty bad. I, I did hear about year. that. Yeah. I don't think he's like, playing in their bowl game. Yeah, he's seen been seen still with a leg brace and everything like that, so nobody's quite sure what his injury is. Mm-hmm. So if he did enter the portal, not that I would ever you know, no, encourage condone that those or anything. actions. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but like he would have to ask some, answer some questions about his health sure. if, we were, if he were to enter the portal. So I don't know if he would have as many options right now. I would still take a flyer on it, though. Mm. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. I want to finish up with another question for next year. And I was scrolling through the message boards a minute ago, and Andy Bitter actually posed this on the mailbag. When was the last time, and this kind of bounces off of an earlier question, when was the last time the fan base felt this hyped for the following season? (laughs) You know, uh, that's a good question. Andy, uh, answered it like for him he thought going into 2020 it could be good but then COVID happened that's a, and that's he was a very right good point. I don't very know that point. the fan base was excited at that point though because Tech had lost to UVA which which really ticked the fans off sure um I do think there was excitement in Fuente's early tenure I, I think there was excitement in 2017 because they returned an elite defense you didn't know what was going to happen offensively but the defense was elite and uh you knew you were going to have a at least a pretty good team because of because of that i think there was plenty of hype heading into 2016 but that was just the newness factor nobody exactly sure. knew how good tech was going to be i will go 2016 though because of the battle at bristol yes that's another good point another good point yeah 2020 was so weird because the Hokies were obviously supposed to play penn state mm-hmm. i think if i'm remembering correctly before COVID hit there were expectations that tech was going to win around 10 games tech, that season. Uh, yeah i mean i would have expected that uh they lost bud foster but you know they won eight games and they would have won more but like caleb farley got hurt at the end of the season Jermaine waller the, was banged yeah up yeah too. yeah exactly i mean it was just a tough injury situation at the end of the year and they really did a really good job of turning that season around uh they would have had the off season to install the new defense which they did not get in the COVID year and that was really difficult for anybody changing offenses 
offensive schemes or defensive schemes that year. That was a horrible year to do it because you didn't get to practice. And yeah. practice is important, despite what, you know, Allen Iverson says. Um, so I think that could have been a really good year, but it went off the rails for a lot of reasons. Mm. Well, we'll see what happens in 2024. Chris, appreciate your time as always. All right, man. That's Chris Coleman. I'm Carter Hill. And that was your Thursday installment of TSL Today.